Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Call Her Blessed podcast. I'm your hostess, Rebecca Hardy. It's good to be back and share a little bit right before Lent hits us. I know you might be like me and waiting for some last minute inspiration that will help you have, you know, the the best Lent ever. Um, I've had some really interesting Lents in my time, always, you know, very characteristic of me trying to do the hardest thing I can think of. Um, and, you know, really just remind my body that my spirit's in charge and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I think the stupidest Lent I've ever had was when I gave up hot water when I was living in a crappy freshman dorm in college. Um, you know, just to explain, (laughs) hot water meant hot coffee, hot tea, hot showers, washing my hands with warm water. And while, yes, it was, was like, definitely a great sacrifice, I felt it every single moment of the day, um, I hadn't considered that the water coming out of the faucet would be actually ice cold. You know, going to college in the mountains, um, you know, and the heat in the building would be unpredictable. I'd be living 40 of the most sick-feeling and hot coffee-less days of my life. And by the time I reached Easter, I felt like I had some kind of horrible issue. (laughs) I was, you know, actually by the end of it, I was way more self-absorbed because all, you know, try as I may, all I could focus on was how uncomfortable and cold I always felt. And, you know, that's not the point of Lent. Obviously, the point of Lent is to draw us closer to God to, you know, and, and an aspect of Lent is absolutely to gain control of our senses, of our, of our bodies and really place ourselves into this spiritual time. Um, But anyway, so I've been trying to figure out how to make this Lent a special time with me and God and, you know, have that physical aspect, but also have this aspect of spirituality that this 40 days in the desert with Jesus wouldn't be something that would make me more self-absorbed or something that would, you know, make me constantly pity myself, but it's something that... um, you know, mortifying the flesh, but also drawing my spirit up to God, spending this time with Jesus in the desert. And the other day I was locking up, about to leave our Newman Center, and I went into the chapel, as I always do, right before leaving, and I just asked God for some kind of inspiration, some kind of insight, and I cracked open a copy of the New Testament that we have sitting right there in our kneeler, and I opened right up to the Passion narrative, and It was the part where there was a woman, one of the bystanders, was asking Peter, you're not one of his disciples, are you? Speaking about Jesus, who had just been arrested. And now for those of you who are unfamiliar with this story or with Jesus' followers, Peter was one of the closest friends of our Lord. In fact, before Jesus' crucifixion, he entrusted the church that he was building into the hands of Peter. And as Catholics, we know that Peter was our first pope, that he was the foremost apostle, the one who was in charge after Jesus died and, you know, rose into heaven. But Jesus had really placed Peter in a place of authority and trust among his followers. And here was Peter, the second that uncertainty and danger hit, being asked if he was one who followed Jesus. And in fear and cowardice, Peter responds with three words, I am not. In Jesus' darkest hour, you know, Peter denies him. And when I was a kid, this line was actually funny. And I know that sounds horrible, but every year at the reading of the Passion Narrative at Mass, 
I think it's on like Palm Sunday where they have the different people voicing the different parts of the story. We always had this one lady that for some reason would always end up being the voice of Peter. And when the narrator actor would finish asking the question, you're not one of his followers, are you? She would always respond the same way. And she would say, I am not. Every single year. And it was just so, it was so funny as a kid because like, who talks like, you know, like, I don't know. If you're the lady listening to this who always read at Mass, you're a great reader. I'm so sorry if this is offensive, but my brothers and I would just laugh our heads off. And we, we actually it turned into kind of like this inside joke with us that we would just say that in answer to the randomest questions, you know, because we were kids and kids, you know, have their jokes. Even if it doesn't make sense, you know, it's it was funny to us. So yeah, my whole life I had never been able to take this line seriously because even when I was reading it on my own, I would always just read it in her voice. But the other day, alone in this silent chapel, I was hit with this like really, really deep and troubling realization that there have been so many times in my life that I have been Peter in this moment. And how had I never realized this? How had I not wept over this before? And I was so moved that all I could do was read that line over and over again and feeling this really deep contrition in my heart and wanting to make reparation for the times that I've imitated Peter in this weakest moment. And you might be wondering what this has to do with Lent, uh, but I promise you we'll get there. The thing that I want us to look at here, I want to pose a challenge that after listening to this podcast, or maybe even when you're listening to it, you'll be struck with inspiration. But I want you to ask our Lord in what ways that you are identifying yourself as not his follower. I remember how many times in my life I would profess Christ with my mouth and then, you know, go out with the intention of drinking way too much or the times that I've believed in Christ and wanted to be his representative, but then also dressed in a way that did not glorify him or, um, you know, times I've denied him by refusing to defend my faith when it was attacked in front of me or the times I've remained in any sin knowing that the Lord was calling me out of them. And I would also, just part of this meditation, I want to draw attention to the question that was even asked of Peter. You know, the lady doesn't just say, are you one of his followers? She says, you aren't one of his followers, are you? Like, how manipulative is that? Peter knew that there was no safe way to say yes to that. Um, and in the world, every day, we're asked the same question. You know, the world looks at us the same way and asks us that same twisted question. You aren't one of his followers, are you? You know, you're not like those annoyingly Catholic people, are you? Here, you know, get drunk with us to prove that you're normal. Here, approve of immorality to prove that you're one of us. Stand by while we gossip to show that you're not lame. Use filthy language to fit in with us. Objectify this person with me. You're still human. You know, there's that constant, there's that twisted question being asked of us. Even if people know that we're people of faith, it's like, oh, you aren't one of those people, are you? And if you're someone who's striving to live their faith in this world, this should really be sounding familiar. This should be ringing some bells. And sometimes it's not even an external voice. It's not even coming from outside of us. This voice might be your own 
internal dialogue tempting you to prove yourself to the world, especially if you've gone through some kind of conversion in your life. You know, if you have a past, you have something that, you know, comes back to want to haunt you or bite you or say, like, you're not really this, are you? And I think it's really beautiful. I was reading an introduction to the devout life by St. Francis de Sales the other day. And, you know, this is from like the 15th, 16th century. This is written a while ago. Um, But it just, what it showed me is that there's this universal truth because St. Francis de Sales was talking about how, you know, a man can sit and play cards all night, you know, gambling all night, no sleep. And his friends will never reproach him for that. You know, he won't get slack from people questioning his choices but if a man chooses to stay up all night on Christmas Eve to pray through until the birth of our Savior as an act of devotion people will ask him questions like are you crazy why are you so fanatical about this why are you so into this and it really reminded me of how many times I've received skeptical reactions when I've left places to go to daily mass or to pray my rosary Um, you know, it's always been challenged. It's never been a good feeling. Um, so this Lent, I think the question is where in your life are you denying Christ? And the follow-up question is, what are you going to do about it? And, you know, in what way can you make progress in this area? Is it more frequent confession? You know, is it limiting your alcohol intake? Is it spending more time reading from scripture so you can enliven your faith through the word of God? Is it finally joining that young adult group you've been putting off even though you need good friends? Um, Is it installing an accountability app on your devices because you struggle with pornography? Or is it giving up gossip or swearing? Or is it wearing a crucifix out and about, you know, outside of your clothing even though the thought of that makes you nervous? I don't know what will help you with your particular struggle, but I know that God does. And if you pray to him today and you ask him to show you what it is that he wants you to do, he will. And I just want to say one thing as we close, that it is not easy to follow Christ. You know, it's not. And if you think it's easy, I bet there are many places where there are small denials of Christ in your heart because the things that that living a Christ-like life calls us to are not easy things. Um times where I felt comfortable, I was either neglecting my own prayer life or neglecting the needs of my neighbors. And I think this Lent is a time to slip out of our complacency and re-embark on the adventure that is following our beautiful Christ all the way to Calvary. And let us approach this Lent in such a way that we can leave these little denials of Christ at his cross and never take them back up again through his grace. All right, so let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, I ask that you be with us in this moment, and I ask that you bless the person on the other end of this podcast with your grace, with your wisdom, with your knowledge. I ask that you give us open eyes, open ears to accept what it is that you're trying to show us and what it is that you're trying to tell us during this Lent. I pray for these areas in which we deny you that you would bring them up to the forefront that we might see them clearly. And I ask that you give us a way this Lent to draw closer to you, to move further away from these things that put space between us and you. And I ask that you keep us close to you at all times. Bless our families, bless our friends, give us peace, give us peace in our world. We ask all of this in your name and through your blessed mother. Amen.
In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you for joining this podcast, and I'll see you at the next one. Thank <laughs> you.